You're listening to Panoptic Outre with John Genza and Jeremy Reckline. Episode 46 of Panoptic Outre. Thanks as always for listening at panopticoutre.com, soundcloud.com, and for subscribing via iTunes and the Google Play Store. Also, a huge shout out as well to everybody who has liked us on Facebook and is following us on Twitter and Instagram at Panoptic Outre. I am John Genza. I do a picture, only small, of a Tishnik massacre where uh, many Uzbek. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How did you feel when you did this? Uh, very proud. Very proud. Yes. I'm just listening um, with uh, sadness, a little sadness for your people. Yes, no, it is not sad. It is us who do the kill. And you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at John <laughs> And I'm your boy, Young Bucker 2 Dope. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jeremy Reckline, our associate producer who he's not here. What is he back <laughs> to like intern status? <laughs> I haven't seen him in months. I guess it's Cody Murray. Well, you're not getting the full big dog pimping. You're no longer big dog pimping. No, it can't be if you're you, not here. You could just be the Troglodytes. And you can follow him, CO Murray87 on the gram and on Twitter stacked episode today uh, both of us finally got a chance to see the film get out so we'll be talking about that for sure here on episode 46 the next big celebrity hack that happened this last week uh aka and people hate this name the fappening part two and then also a huge change to netflix but jeremy uh, a common theme with a lot of our episodes have to do with people having itchy twitter fingers and and the start of this episode is going to be chock full of that yeah, it's uh, you know, I I I always was taught once you throw it out there, you're never getting it back. Correct. You have to be very careful what you put out there. That's why I stopped. I've never gotten into the dick pic thing, and we'll get into that actually yes. later too. That ties in. But uh, there was a music video that came out, and in the music video, it depicted Snoop Dogg, your boy <laughs> Snoop Lion, and it's his song too, yeah. right? And in in this video, there was uh somebody playing one can assume Donald Trump and he gets assassinated. Right. But it's not quite an assassination. I think the gun has that fake little white flag that comes out that says bang. So no one's actually getting fake killed in this, but there was obviously a war of words between the Donald, the POTUS himself and, and Snoop dog slash lion slash Snoop doggy dog slash Calvin Brodus, which is his given Christian name. I don't know what he goes by these days, but naturally those two were, were jaw jacking Donald Trump. I'm, I'm not sure if you have his tweet exactly verbatim, uh, on board. All right, yeah, so this is All what right. the Donald responded with. He said, can you imagine what the outcry would be if Snoop Dogg, failing career and all, had aimed and fired a gun at President Obama? Jail time. <laughs> right, jail time. A- aimed a fake gun with the white flag would have gotten him jail time. And Snoop, did Snoop even say anything in retaliation to that? No, I don't think, Paid a- no a- mind, I don't right? think anything's been said. You know, sometimes silence speaks more volumes. Yeah, it speaks to maturity for sure. So that tells you one thing that the Donald doesn't have and something that Snoop does. So do you remember a long time ago, Mickey Mouse wearing rapper, Mickey Mouse chain, diamonds? 
I think you were a fan. I, I was a briefly a fan, I believe, in maybe sixth <laughs> or seventh grade of, at the time, Lil Bow Wow because yes. he was small. So I think this is, you know, flailing career. He never quite made it as a rapper. He was hosting a show on BET for a minute. I don't even think he does that anymore. But Probably a better actor than he ever was a rapper, for sure. Bow Wow decides to speak up. And I think this is Bow Wow thought he saw an opportunity to get in there and get some free pops. I think people, he thought that he would just say this and because how can you tweet at Donald and not get some respect and oh, people having your back? So I'm going to read you what he said. And I can't help, but anytime I see AYO, I have to read it in my DMX voice, like, Ayo, Ayo, dog. <laughs> so it's Ayo, real Donald Trump. Shut your punk ass up talking shit about my Uncle Snoop Dogg before we pimp your wife and make her work for us. <laughs> and this is irrelevant Bow Wow tweeting this at Donald Trump. And you know what's great is I pulled this headline. What grabbed my attention was off of Hip Hop DX, which is where I go for my hip hop news when I you know I have time to read. And it says hip hop community provides zero support for Bow Wow tweets. <laughs> it's sad that you can almost smack talk Donald Trump any way, shape, or form. And you're bound to get thousands of followers and people backing you up like, hell yeah, thanks for calling out the Donald. But Bow Wow goes in this whole, like, we'll pimp your wife out, who has nothing to do with any of this. The poor lady gets dragged into this, we'll pimp your wife out and make her work for us, which is sexist and it's terrible. And he says this, nothing even against the Donalds, 100% against his wife, and obviously he has nobody backing him after he said, is the tweet still up or did he delete it? No, the tweet was deleted, but what's <laughs> greatest bow wow just got fucking smoked by the hip-hop community and i'm gonna read some of the tweets um ashley nicole put bow wow was the first person in history to slander trump and have people come to trump's side <laughs> and then there's there's a bunch of memes that me talking about him isn't gonna do him justice we'll post them up bow wow temporarily created a ceasefire between the right and left while everyone agreed to call him a tandem an idiot what a hero <laughs> A bunch of people tell him to shut your bitch ass up and like the pictures of the black community when Bow Wow speaks and they're all just completely disgusted because of Bow Wow. Now, one person did tweet and actually it was his Instagram post and this one this one cracks me up. I don't even know if I can read it. And it's it's from Atlanta rapper T.I. T.I. who has been very outspoken with his political views. Yeah. At Snoop Dogg is a fucking legend, you fucking tangerine tan, muskrat, scotum skin, lace front, possum fur wig wearing, alternative fact, atomic dog, diarrhea face, ass man. Leave our legends' names out of your mouth and continue to focus on dividing minorities, building barriers, alienating immigrants, and fucking this country up like you've been doing. Hashtag you wanna be dictator. Hashtag presidential level fuckboy. <laughs> Presidential level fuckboy is hands down so far the greatest insult of the year 2017, and we're only in March, and I don't think anything can can top it for the rest of the year. Presidential level fuckboy. Yeah, and he didn't go boi. He said boi. He called him <laughs> not just a fuckboy, which is the hip thing. Presidential but boy. level. And like that's true. Foghorn le- Leghorn style boy. Like, boy, you are presidential level fuckboy. Yeah, if you're not if you're not a fan of the Donald. And I don't think many people are. He literally has become presidential level fuckboy. Yes. It's it's perfect. So my views on this are is let's, you know what? 
I guarantee that this young, and I don't even I don't even know how young he is, but I think he saw this as an opportunity, and I'm referring to Bow Wow, as a chance to go out there and just throw shade at somebody and not have any consequences. And I think he he thought the reaction was going to be supportive. Bow Wow is the man. Look at him going at it. And that shit backfired. And, and I think there is a mix of, I'm not sure if he's actually blood related to Snoop or if he's just calling him uncle in like a, you know, buddy buddy type of way like you know how snoop always calls everybody nephew but obviously he's close to snoop and he felt that it was a big slight it probably got him a little bit enraged and he probably did think it through and thought hey you know what if i talk some shit to the donald on twitter just like you said i'll I'll get some followers i'll be relevant for about 15 minutes again but boy did it backfire because again his insult was not directed towards donald his it his insult was directed towards donald's wife who had nothing to do with the snoop dog video or with Donald's, you know, uh, tweet at Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I don't know how you fucked that up. Making a, a rape and prostitution joke at somebody who's done nothing is yeah. not going to give you no. the result that you want. It's stupid. I, I honestly have no idea what it... But you know, he, you know what? With all this Twitter hoopla and everybody getting attention through it, he's not even the only one <laughs> to tweet at Donald. And at least he had the balls to say, yeah, it was me that tweeted it, even if he did delete the tweet. Well, a lot of the sluts out there that have hooked up with John via the Tinder app or Grinder app, he used to pay me, actually. Grinder was paying those bills, <laughs> so I was cashing those checks for a minute. Um, McDonald's. Yeah. You used to take these girls, you'd call it Ronnie's Chop House. Right. You know, because you'd, you'd spice they, it up. They wouldn't sit. know the difference. <laughs> Ronnie's Chop House, Ronald McDonald. They tweeted at Donald and they said, you are actually a disgusting excuse of a president and we would love to have Barack Obama back. Also, you have tiny hands. So this blew up. It was all over the news. Fox, CBS, CNN, C-SPAN. Everybody was talking about it. And then hours later, McDonald says, we were informed by Twitter that our account was hacked. We have taken preventative maintenance, blah, 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 blah. Everybody's excuse. Yeah, nobody's accountable, man. I'm going to just start popping off at the mouth. I'm just like, oh, I got hacked. And it's very similar to the Bow Wow situation in that Bow Wow saw other celebrities tweeting at Donald and saying this and that. And then McDonald saw all the stuff that Wendy's was doing when they were kind of clapping back at the people tweeting at them. Arby's did a couple of clever tweets. So somebody in the social media department at McDonald's had this genius idea of, hey, why don't we gain some traction and some attention by tweeting at Donald and telling him he has small hands? Because nobody's heard that one before. And then they obviously regretted it. Somebody got fired, and now they're making up this hack story. See, I think it's great. I think, you know, we tweet at them. We say we got hacked. We get all this free publicity. Everybody's talking about it. Like, hey, you know what? I hate Donald. Mac Dons hates Donald. Let's go get a fucking Big Mac. But at the same time, you do alienate a lot of people as well who are Donald fans. You know, you do have McDonald's and rural areas and downstate and stuff like that. So who goes out of their way? Like, what person's like, you know what? I've got the technology. I'm going to break into somebody's computer, and this is going to be my tweet. That's We'd why love it's to have bullshit. Barry back, and you have small hands. Yeah. Like, throw some real fucking shade, right. man. <laughs> Call him a fucking possum face scrotum skin or whatever fucking T.I. was or presidential fuckboy. Or, you know, tweet some links to, uh, to, to nude hacks or anything like that. Just do something worthwhile that at least gives McDonald's a bad name in the in the meantime. What do you suppose the password is for one McDonald's social media account? Do you think it's something like Burger King sucks? It's probably Grimace123. 
<laughs> or Hamburg Hamburglar sixty nine. Yes, I swear to God, I said, Hamburglar sixty nine sixty nine with a capital H. Obviously, see when I get hacked, I know I deserve to get hacked because I've had like the same three passwords for the the entirety of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. switch them up, and if I have to deviate at all by throwing a one or a, a, a it fucks you up. Yeah, right? it fucks me up because I've had these same passwords. I just I hate the fucking cop out that I got hacked because every rapper uses it. You know, they, they talk shit, and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. That was the wrong thing to do. Everybody, I got hacked. I got hacked. I got hacked. No, you didn't. You were an asshole. You had Twitter fingers, and it backfired. The last time you'll be tweeting about Israel illegally claiming land after you claim you've been <laughs> hacked. You know, they, they do all types of shit. Tweet out all sorts of statements and opinions, and they just say they're hacked. It's an easy out. I would love it. You know what? McDonald's should be like, no, this is how we feel. Fuck Donald. I wouldn't be cool if, like, McDonald's, Burger King... Subway, all these motherfuckers just start going hard at each other for real. I'm just going to start tweeting from our account and, and doing it in Iron Sheik voice. I'm going to talk about breaking people's backs, fucking them in the ass, and then making them humble. And then just say, uh, Sheiky hacked into our account. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, like, uh, or Jeremy was drinking again. <laughs> I'm very careful because there's often times where I'll be like, you know what, I'm going to go on Twitter and speak my mind. And then I get, I get it going and I go, Courtney, is this good? And she's like, you probably shouldn't do that. And I'm like, oh, delete. A good thing she's there to filter you out. Yeah. Probably well, would have been busted by now. Yeah, I've got opinions. <laughs> I've definitely got fucking opinions. But I would love it if these people just like manned up and said, you know what? My shit didn't get hacked. Yeah. I was saying how I felt. Yeah, exactly. And, and then I, just apologize for or it. Or just, I would just, I would respect somebody more and be like, you know what? That's how I felt in this fucking moment. That's what I wanted to say. I said it. You know what? Do I regret it now? Yes. But I hate it. It's like, I got hacked. Anytime you see something that's remotely off or even a little bit controversial, you just know. You can already finish the story he's gonna say they got hacked we're fixing it and i won't get hacked again I'll yeah change, exactly i'll change my shit it won't be password with a capital p <laughs> it won't be hamburglar 69 69 from the mcdonald's headquarters i would love to hear him like you know like if like mcdonald's was just like fuck you and your square or circle patties or you know fuck you dave thomas or we want to we want to pimp your daughter wendy <laughs> oh man which would be terrible because wendy is dead i'm pretty sure Oh, As the, is Dave Thomas. The, the, the fucking Pippi Longstocking thing. I'm not actually... Oh, no, I know, yeah. But, the, but I think the Wendy character was based off of Dave's, like, real-life daughter, and I'm pretty sure she died at a young my, age my, or something. My, my bad. You're getting sensitive <laughs> about the fast food. No, I'm not. I'm just did, saying it would be impossible to pimp out somebody who is who is now deceased. Yeah, did you hear that that fucking pedophile sandwich shop, whatever, uh, Subway? Jared Fogel? Yeah, they came in, like, they're, like, half their chicken things are only, like, 50% chicken. The rest oh, yeah. is filled with soy. Yeah, no, I believe it. I mean, those they got caught using mattress material to make their bread. All their shit tastes the same. I wonder what, you could probably hack into their Twitter account easy. It's probably just like pedophile123 with a capital P. <laughs> or it's like cute boy 12 <laughs> Hi, I'm it, Chris Hansen. <laughs> it hasn't been updated since 2006 when Fogel was running the Twitter account. Oh, I, I need to get the Chris Hansen soundboard. I can't control my horny level. <laughs> Please, have a seat. What did you brick? I brought a four pack of Bartles and James <laughs> Flaming Hots <laughs> and some Funyuns. I drove 600 miles just to tell the girl to watch out for pervs like me. Oh, man. I brought some root beer as well and some gummy bears. Yeah, so this hacking shit's getting really, really, really crazy. Everybody, every celebrity has got fucking sex videos or a million like poses. And I, there's one thing I think when I see these, like, holy shit, some of these celebrities are just common people or they yeah. have like their insecurities or they stand in the ba the bathroom 
taking pictures of their tits or themselves masturbating. Yeah. And I just, I don't get it. Like, you, you're you connected. Why the fuck would you even risk that? I have no idea. I think uh, what happened with this recent... Um, and, and hold on. What, why did they call it fappening? I've always meant, what did, since when did it go from, was, like, um, jerking off or jagging off or oh, making f- punetas? When did fapping become a thing? I don't know when fapping became a thing, but I think the fappening was a take on the movie called The Happening. And so they kind of turned oh, that into okay. a pun, but now it's kind of dated. But since everybody remembered the name, they called this, and now this uh, hack, it had to do with Emma Watson being hacked, Amanda Seyfried being hacked, and Paige, who was a WWE wrestler, also getting hacked. And what happened was, I think they all had Apple accounts, and they were tricked by basic phishing scams. And what I mean by that is somebody either... Um, sent them an email that baited them into giving up their password, or they had passwords that were so easy to guess that this person actually guessed what their password was and got into their iCloud account, where obviously they found nude photos, and in Paige's case, not just nude photos, but videos of uh, threesomes fucking in a fitting room somewhere, fucking in a hotel uh, cum shots on title belts, all types of weird <laughs> shit, uh, all types of stuff. I mean, uh, you know, some people might do in the privacy of their own lives, and I'm pretty sure that was meant to be private, but it got leaked out, and it's all over the internet now. But I believe Emma Watson and Amanda Seyfried, that's just uh, nude mirror selfies or something like that. I don't know. I haven't seen them, but... The... The page stuff is... Is a little bit crazy because she's like she's got over a million followers on Twitter. She's like on the E the Divas show or whatever yeah, the hell that's Total called. Total Divas, yeah. She was a pretty popular wrestler for a while, and she like she's been off of TV for like injury. There's been speculations, allegations, accusations of her having pill issues or addiction problems, and all of a sudden now this shit comes up and there's like they're they're pretty graphic videos and one of them is her banging one of the members of the new day yeah xavier woods yeah (laughs) jesus wood yeah yeah, xavier woods is laying there (laughs) she's riding him and then there's a dude with like a gopro or something brad maddox another former wwe guy all up in their booty holes like like gonzo style trying to get the (laughs) up close and personal you've got her playing with like they called it a butt plug but it's like a dildo playing with her butthole and i'm not I'm not passing judgment. Whatever, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, not if, at if all. If the producer was here, one in three in this room probably play, put stuff in their buttholes. <laughs> would, you, would you find that safe to assume? I, I would probably say that's safe to assume, yes. But why, you, why, like, why do you need to save that? Or why do you have to put that in the iCloud? Or why would you make that accessible? I think a lot of times, uh, maybe in the case of the iCloud, if, if you're recording on your phone or, or whatever Apple device you have, like let's say it's the webcam on your MacBook, that stuff automatically sometimes does sync with the cloud and you never mess with the settings. So you're not aware that it's automatically getting sent into your iCloud. So you could delete it off your phone. You could delete it off of the MacBook, but it still might be in your cloud storage and then you just kind of forget it's there. So that kind of brings up the point, why the fuck would you take the pictures or do the gonzo scene in the first place if you never want that shit getting out in public? You know what she's got to worry about now is that GoPro. Because now yeah. you know there's a GoPro and that thing was making. They clearly were filming themselves, which is cool, man. People yeah, people do sure. that sort of thing. Yeah. You just have to be be very aware of where it's going and yeah, where it's stored exactly. at. Because if you ask the average person, nobody knows what the fuck the cloud is. They call it that cloud thing. Yeah, exactly. What what is this cloud thing? 
I've got I, I have people who constantly show me their phone and they're like, oh, I just spent twenty dollars because I bought more cloud storage. I'm like, do you even know what that is? They're like, no, it's that cloud thing. Don't I need it to save stuff? I'm like, well, no, you've got a ton of memory on your phone. You could just it is becoming more and more necessary. That's how they're getting you, whether it's Google or Apple. These phones aren't necessarily getting bigger storage wise. It's still kind of sixty four gig is sort of the the natural selection now, but apps and all this other stuff is getting so much bigger in size that they're almost forcing you into these cloud-based subscriptions, whether it's Google Drive or iCloud. So more and more people are just naturally storing stuff in there. And not only is it a pain in the ass to access that stuff, but you kind of just forget it's there after a while. Nothing's worse than buying something, because I actually I do use it, because Likewise. going from two different iPhones, iPad, MacBook, iMac, I like having it. I can just go on any device and pull it down. Nothing's worse than buying something and then like going like like to jump on a plane like oh I'm gonna watch Ray Donovan and it's like oh it didn't download from the cloud in time so you get to see you know <sighs> 15 minutes of an episode so that's frustrating that I'm like I wish I would just saved it on the fucking computer I probably won't even use all that storage that I have for it I almost feel like if I was a celebrity caught up in one of these hacks I would almost swear off all of technology I'd be like give me a flip phone fucking burn my macbook burn my laptop <laughs> you just operate with burners i don't like <laughs> yes give me one of those prepaid like on the go phones and that's it i don't want a smartphone i don't want a a front-facing camera i don't want any of that shit just just get it away from me yeah i mean if you ever look at like my work computer and stuff like that because it's constantly open i saw and what spawned this is i saw a picture of mark zuckerberg in his office and there was something simple a piece of masking tape over the camera boom and I was reading an article, but I'm not really into conspiracy theories, but if like, you know, you can have that kind of access, I don't want to see somebody, you know, watching me take a shit or, you know, make punetas or make love. Or I mean, what. there's been claims that uh, Samsung smart TVs have basically been spying on people as far as like what their watching habits and stuff are. Uh, yeah, I've got Samsung yeah, so. <laughs> mounted everywhere in the house. God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, the computer can't see me, but every TV, every 55 inch in every room oh, can see looks me. looks like Jeremy's been watching Backdoor Sluts 9 for the <laughs> fifth time in three months. <laughs> Thank God I haven't been. <laughs> just just working my grinder app. But I mean, at least, I mean, for Paige, the precedent has been set within professional wrestling. Seth Rollins uh, had his photo leaked out by an ex-girlfriend a couple of years ago showing his dong, just full frontal. And he was just kind of kept off of TV for a couple of weeks. So because they were hacked and this stuff wasn't willingly put out there, she should technically be safe from getting fired or suspended even further or anything like that. I don't know. Vince is like really trying to toe that line where it's kid friendly and not. So, I mean, she's not I don't think she's in their good graces to begin with. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised one way or another. But in this day and age a fucking porno, all of a sudden you don't have to work the rest of your life. That is true. Just ask Sonny. Yeah, what well, fucking <laughs> ask Kim Kardashian. And then or the, Paris Hilton. I mean, the other two that are involved in this, you know, it didn't hurt Jennifer Lawrence's career a couple of years ago when it happened to her. It's probably not going to harm uh, Emma Watson, but Amanda Seyfried's kind of been on like the outskirts of Hollywood for the last couple of years. I don't know what the hell she's been in lately. I think she's in something that's out right now, but it hasn't been getting good reviews. So maybe that uh, that actually resurrects her career, if anything, because the attention is being put on her once again. There's a lot of real fucking weird people. It's like, I go about my business and I do my thing. I'm not constantly like. I wonder what it's like with how so and so bangs. I wonder how the, how I wonder how, what they look like. Like you know, it's they probably have boobs. They probably look like every other fucking set of boobs you've ever seen. Probably yeah, Paige have. pretty much looked exactly how I would have figured she looked. Because I mean, a lot of those WWE females come out half naked anyway, so it doesn't leave a whole lot to the imagination. Yeah, the only thing that I caught was just like you know what. 
I couldn't imagine putting things in my butthole and making a video. Yeah, I feel that's like true. I would need more focus on my tender little balloon nut. <laughs> and and the other thing too, back to the whole career talk is, uh, you know, with Vince, if he's worried about kids Googling page and this stuff comes up, Emma Watson is in the new Beauty and the Beast movie that just came out from Disney. She starring she's starring as Belle and so that almost has to make Disney kind of wonder like man I wonder how many people are googling Emma Watson including children and it's no longer just the Harry Potter references or all this other stuff or just Beauty and the Beast but it's like Emma Watson hacked Emma Watson nudes Emma Watson this and that you're like nude in the mirror but either way, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Now it's not that, a sex sells, man. Some dad's going to be like, I know I want to see this movie. And he's like, oh, I saw her <laughs> boobs one night when I was in the bathroom looking at my Galaxy S7. It's like, I didn't want to take my kids to go see this, but now I will. And I'll sit in the back row. <laughs> <laughs> but Beauty and the Beast, it's kind of uh, it's kind of weird for me because I grew up on that movie. And I'm a, I'm a Disney fanatic. I love Disney movies. Even to this day, the newer stuff that they come out with, a lot of it's very good. Beauty and the Beast, though, every time I've seen a trailer or a preview or a scene that's been dropped by them. It almost looks like a shot-for-shot remake of the original Beauty and the Beast, but with real-life people, and I never understood that. But there's a lot of people seeing it the last couple days since it came out that have said it's amazing. So I have to see it at some point in the next couple of days. This is, in fact, Disney's new business model moving forward is to remake all these animated classics. It's a multi-billion like with a B, bitches, a multi-billion dollar industry for them just recreating these movies. They already own the rights, so they just have to maybe rework the script a little bit. Obviously hire live action people, which might sometimes even be cheaper than doing all the, the year's worth of animation. Who knows? I don't know how the budget works. And then hire a director. You had John Favreau who did the Jungle Book last year or two years ago. It was fantastic. Get used to it. It's all their good. That's, that's their plans. And I'm okay with that. that. I'm okay. As long as they do a good job of it, which so far they seem to be doing, well, uh, I'm okay it, with it. It grabs that like the nostalgic feel. Like of this course. is something I grew up with and it's something you can share with your kid because it's a new Disney thing. The kid has to see it. Exactly. There's the merchandise that goes with it and it's just recycling the same thing over and over again. Which is cool for something like that, but I just recently read that Warner Brothers is going to do like a redo reboot of The Matrix. Uh, it's too soon for me. The first Matrix came out in what, 1998, 1999? I know that's that's almost 20 years now, but it still feels too fresh to me. I lose interest pretty quick. I honestly don't even know what the fuck that movie was about. I mean, I know what it's about, but it's just, uh, the first one, good. I liked it. Second one, absolute shit. And the third one was okay, but I, I don't even know if I thought it was okay in general or if I was just glad the fucking thing was over with and I didn't have to watch any more of them. So I don't know how you can do a, a reboot of a, of a movie that already has a huge following, a huge fan base, and just redo that. I, you I could mean, add to it, but redo it? Seems weird. I mean, would they still use Keanu Reeves? Doubtful. I mean, how weird is that? They could redo a movie when the guy's still alive and with some right. makeup could probably look half decent and redo it. And is it still going to be Neo and Morpheus or is it going to be... That, that's what I don't understand. It just I just feel like you could put a lot more into a creative process in developing and creating a brand spanking new movie rather than just redoing... You know what? Remake some old bad movies. How about that? Don't like, remake The Matrix, which was successful and had a following. Or like those movies, like for instance, I think like Purge is one where everybody's like, the concept is pretty cool. Yeah. And that could be a cool movie, which is poorly done. Do something like that. Redo something like that and actually make it worthwhile. Exactly. As opposed to taking something that people did in fact like 
and just redoing it again. It's just like a cash grab. Fucking remake, uh, what was that movie with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger twins? Do that with like Seth Rogen and somebody else and just make it funny this time around. Or like a Debbie Does Dallas. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but give it an actual plot this time around. The only movie that I saw when I was like 10 years old that I would still be like, yep, got to see that again. <laughs> No, but you know what? There's there's all these cool. I mean, there's a, there's truly a bunch of like independent filmmakers out there, and we've actually we've been lucky enough to talk with a few of them, and we both got to see Get Out, which was done by Jordan Peele from Key and Peele. The movie four million dollars to make, like within two weeks, it already made over a hundred million. Yeah, and it's like an awesome, suspenseful, thrilling, maybe a little bit of horror. It was just a badass movie. Yeah, Jordan Peele deserves every penny of that profit that was made on this film because. He spent, and this is according to a Reddit AMA that he did, he spent a roughly eight years making this movie. And it didn't start off exactly with this plot line, but it eventually developed into what it is. And in short, it's uh, an African-American guy dating a white woman, goes to meet her parents in a very white neighborhood, and some, some crazy things happen. And I don't want to spoil it because I definitely want people listening to this podcast to go out and see it and support this movie so movie studios get more movies like this done instead of just reboots and remakes and shitty movies or Fast and Furious Part 12. I would tell you from that movie, the mom is one of the creepiest characters in a movie i left that movie thinking like she fucking creeped me out she gave me the heebie-jeebies or whatever the fuck you call them <laughs> whatever the kids call them like they, they, if i ever saw that character in real life i would i yeah i would be a little freaked out she showed great range because she was also the girlfriend and 40 year old virgin the guy who takes steve carroll's virginity you know so to speak so she was funny in that movie she played a regular ass mom and this one you're right she was absolutely she was, she kind of got in the back of your head, you know? She was doing the little thing, and this isn't a major spoiler, but she would hypnotize people by stirring a cup. And it was just really creepy the way she would just stare at a person and keep swirling the spoon around in this cup. And it was just, it, it I don't know, messed with my mind. Yeah, and there was some, there was some proper humor in there. Like yeah. some, like, nicely timed dropped humor, which is good. And the, 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 the dad, yeah. he... If you're a Cubs fan, you just spend the entire time thinking, what the fuck is Joe Madden doing here? Right. Because he looks like him, glasses and everything. I was thinking, man, Joe Madden can really act. And then I remembered who this actor was after the fact. I realized it was the same guy from from Billy Madison. I couldn't believe you. We had a $100 bet. I yeah. paid up in cash. You told me it was the weasel looking thing from Billy Madison. Right. His name is Bradley Whitford. And sure as shit... This guy went from being like, I don't even know how old he was in Billy Madison, 30, 35, being a Weasley, ugly piece of shit. A ginger at that. Yeah, to like all of a sudden like salt and pepper, like handsome, kind of like hip guy. Some people just age really well and look better with age. I mean, fuck, man. That's usually from like, you know, your awkward teen years to like your late 20s, early 30s. Like, I mean, he peaked super late. Yeah. I actually wouldn't mind that at all. I wouldn't mind looking like Joe Madden in my 50s or my 60s. So shout out to, to Bradley. Yeah, and then Joe Man's just like hip. So this entire yeah. time I'm watching this guy who's 
who's a creepy weirdo, but I'm like, you know, this guy's kind of fucking cool, man. He's kind of fucking cool. And again, without giving it away, there's so many things, details that you have to pay attention to in the first, you know, half of the movie that comes back around full circle at the end, little references that you'll pick up on and everything will click and make sense. And it's stuff I actually want to talk to you more off air about, but you guys have to see this. You guys have to chime into this conversation. Hit us up on Twitter at Panopticoutre or even email us at Panopticoutre at gmail.com. Message us on Facebook, whatever works. And just tell us what you thought about this movie because I'm a huge fan. I really want everybody to see it and support good, proper filmmaking. Correct. And I'm not on Facebook, so I'll never see those messages. So you're going <laughs> to no. have to go to other avenues of social media. Myself if you want or me Courtney to see will it. have to relay it to you. So what else? Have you seen anything else that's worthwhile? I did also see Logan about a week or so ago. And um, it's kind of nuts because this whole X-Men thing started, God, almost 15 years ago, a little more than 15 years ago. And it's been Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine every single movie, uh, no matter whether it was like Fox that owned the rights, whether it was uh, Warner Brothers or whoever the hell else did this thing. Marvel, uh, I guess, um, kind of split the the ownership and it was crazy seeing him finally play his final role as Logan, a.k.a. Wolverine. This movie was rated R, unlike a lot of those X-Men and other comic book movies. So it was very interesting to finally see this character who was really hardcore and um, and kind of didn't give a fuck ever in any of these movies, finally let loose and cuss a lot and get raged. And this movie was like super violent, but not to a point where it was distracting or lacking substance because it made you feel something by the end of it. And it was just a great end to a chapter and I loved it. So if you're if you're not even a fan of Marvel movies or any of that I'm shit, not. just just go and see it anyways. Or if you even remotely enjoyed any of the X Men movies, go see it. Never have, never will. I never will. How close minded are you? I'm, I'm pretty well. Yeah, when it comes to like comic books and not my cup of tea, friend. Like I've never even seen Star Wars. I've never seen any of the Indiana well, yeah, Jones we, movies. It's not not my thing. That's. Uh, I just feel like you're lacking, man. Like your life is incomplete. But like, so I know you're a big comic book guy. You always you're not, always buying comic books. Not, you can't open really. them up because they're in the wrapper, and you don't want to have <laughs> your first original Stan Lee fucking whatever the hell it is and bend the cover. I send them out to get graded. I found this out. This is pretty fucking awesome. That Marvel is doing these hip hop variant covers, where they're taking hip hop covers. And putting like a Marvel, you mean super... like hip hop album covers yeah. or like the Source Award no, magazine no, no. covers? No, like... <laughs> the, the Source. Remember the Source CDs? It was always like with Benzino. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oh, I think shit. Benzino owned the Source magazine. He, he's like a. He has his his. I don't know how to phrase the the thing, but he has his um his hands in many different pockets so to speak guaranteed you're like your day you're going to talk about benzino and chris hansen i would have been like sign me up benzino took the wu-tang financial route and he diversified his bonds so so big ups to benzino out of boston i did see this because i thought it was pretty cool and i mean anybody from migos to 50 cent and saint clown posse everybody they took like their famous album covers and did like a marvel variant and we're actually we have every intention of instagramming these um, Whether we remember to or not is a different story, but we will try to get these up on Instagram. I'll actually make a note right now. So if you if you hear that scratching in the background, that's just me writing down IG album covers so our dumbasses can remember to do something for once. <laughs> yeah, that, that, 
Especially God. when the producer's not here. That's a big... What big... the fuck is the point of the goddamn producer if he's not going to put the pictures up? We're just going to have to not give him his annual bonus, which I mean, was this week. CTC is just collecting the check. <laughs> I'm going to put in zero effort and I'm going to collect the check. Fucking millennial. I bet he's a millennial. I bet... Yeah, we never asked him how old he was, so I have no idea. The, the behavior is that of a millennial. That is very accurate. Yeah. I am excited. Our show is coming back. Well, one of the shows, I probably will never even watch it because I have no time, but our show, Better Call Saul. Yes. We're the only two people on the planet that call it that, but I feel like it's more accurate. Well, now I can't even say Saul because I checked myself and I'm like, no, it's Saul. No, it's absolutely Saul. The trailer for season three dropped recently. And I feel like it's been so long since season two that I don't remember how season two ended. So I want to go back and watch maybe the last uh, three or four episodes. Yeah, they're quick watches. Get yeah. yourself caught up. But this episode or this upcoming season is going to be the transformation from one Jimmy going to Sal Goodman. So it's going to, I think you're going to see more of the Breaking Bad stuff in the next coming seasons really cross paths and that's the real payoff we all want to know like you know why he chose a certain name why why he had to choose this name and legally change it and and all those will be all those questions will be answered in season three i called max to see like hey how many episodes did you do like hook a brother up i won't say anything and he like told me have you watched bosh and i said fuck you i'm not calling to talk about bosh i did watch the first two episodes of bosh on amazon the other week i've been busy i've been meaning to follow up First two episodes, and this isn't because we know Max he inter- or that he interviewed with us or you know voices are opening. First two episodes, fantastic, but he's not in either of those two. <laughs> so, so I'm waiting for him to show up. There, I mean, the show is three seasons so far, and I'm only two episodes into the first one, but so far, excellent. Yeah, that's, I call him to ask him about this, and he's telling me about Bosch. I get, I'm like, I get it, kid. You've got projects, but I want to know about this. Give me the, <laughs> give me the goods. <laughs> But tell him that uh, the next time you talk to him, tell him John saw the first couple episodes of Bosch, and it is it is good stuff. I actually will be seeing him soon. I'm going to go out to California. I'm planning a sit-down. Um, he's working on a new project, writing a movie. Nice. And they've been writing this movie forever, and I, he's very particular about his stuff, so I'm not going to say, I'm not going to even give details or yeah. anything like that, but um, really, the, the amount of work and effort that goes into it is fucking nuts. So when we interviewed those guys the other week, I knew exactly what they were talking about, and you know, the all actors or writers or have like, you know, their, their nuances and they, they talk about things a certain way, but I'm looking forward to seeing this go on. But, uh, I was trying to get some details and he was too tight lipped. Wouldn't tell me anything about it. So I'm thinking, I don't see why they bring him back for just that little drop. Like, I I feel like he's going to come back. again. Oh, absolutely. You have to see the rise of, of crazy eight as well in this. I mean, the season three has to answer multiple questions, not just how, Jimmy became Saul, but just the backstory of a lot of other characters as well. And the cool thing about it is, and I was kind of hoping to see Max in all of this, but obviously he has his hands in a lot of projects as well. But South by Southwest Festival is going on in Austin, Texas right now, or at least I think it actually wrapped up today or will wrap up tomorrow. The one festival that I've always wanted to go to and I have never made it, made it there. I've wanted to as well. And the funny thing is now by this year, I feel like I kind of missed the boat uh, on the time when the festival was, it, it had meaning behind it. Now it's become like a thing where everybody goes, every artist goes and performs. It's become this huge thing that can happen almost anywhere. It's almost not very exclusive anymore, mm-hmm. but maybe I'll still want to check it out, you know, one of these years. But this year they had a cool pop-up restaurant, much like Chicago had the Saved by the Bell 
restaurant, the Max, pop up in one of its neighborhoods. And South by Southwest, they built an actual Los Pollos Hermanos, which is the restaurant, the chicken restaurant in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And the two people that actually showed up to the opening of this thing was Bob Odenkirk, who plays Saul, obviously, and uh, Giancarlo. Actually, I think I have his name somewhere around here. The guy who plays Gustavo Fring, I could have sworn I had his name written somewhere around. I keep thinking Giancarlo Stanton, like the <laughs> baseball player. $300 million that, man. And, that, and that's what's fucking up my uh, my mind right now because I can't remember who is who. Bob, yeah, Bob Odenkirk and, sorry, Giancarlo Esposito, who played Gustavo Fring. They showed up at the, the pop-up restaurant, took a couple photos. I was hoping to see a couple more cameos there, but um, it, it was cool to see them in an actual setting that has now become real life. It's not just fictional anymore. My my favorite thing about this whole segment is you have a thing that you call like your little cheat sheet with yeah. your notes and you even made a point like I, w- I want to make sure I have his name. I'm writing it down and then you couldn't find it. <laughs> you still <laughs> fucked the whole thing up. Uh, you know, for what this show is, there's actually a lot of work that goes into it, pre and all that yeah, good stuff absolutely. and taking notes and the fact that that just happened totally, just totally sucks. It's kind of funny actually. If you're going to w- go back and watch season two, I did notice that Better Call Saul Season 2 is still not available on Netflix, but it seems like everything should be on Netflix now because every time I I see Courtney watching it, there's a million new specials. I know there's a new Amy Schumer special. There's all sorts of craziness on there. I'm, I'm hoping Season 2 would be on Comcast Xfinity On Demand, but we know how random and how stupid Comcast can be. Yeah, no, I think I, did I tell you this already. I was a guest on a radio show and they were talking about Comcast. And you... Probably had a lifetime full of stories. Yes, I did. As usual, fuck Comcast. Uh, Season two of Master of None, the Aziz Ansari show, which is a Netflix exclusive, finally has a release date. It's all wrapped up. It's done. It's ready to go. May 12th is the big date for that. I don't remember if you saw season one of that show. I watched one episode, was not a fan. Okay. I thought it was very good. A lot of people I know thought it was very good. Um, very funny, but it ended kind of on a awkward note. It, it seemed kind of rushed where they kind of seemed like they didn't know whether they wanted to do a season two or not. So I'm just glad that they did. So I'm excited for that season two of master of none with Aziz on. Sorry, that was going to be my best news ever, but I also have a, a Netflix update on top of that. And this might surprise a couple people because the source that I read it from, which included quotes from the CEO of Netflix and everything like that. Uh, it didn't seem like people were behind this decision very much. And it's, they're scrapping their rating system, which currently allows you to choose one through five stars. You know, five if you thought it was great, flawless. Four, apparently, if you thought it was excellent. Three, if you thought it was just good. Two, if it was, eh, and then one, if it sucked, obviously. My problem with that was I feel like anything that was just like, okay to some people they would give it five stars because they didn't really have any criticisms about it and then on the flip side i think if they didn't like one little thing about it they would give it one star which is completely unfair it's like all these assholes on yelp who go on and say oh the food at this place was great but our server was rude one star it's like well fuck your server just tell me if the food is good and rate that accordingly don't give the entire experience one star because of one little detail So they're getting rid of the stars. I'm glad about that. And they're going with thumbs up or thumbs down. I don't like it. Why not? Because if it's a meh movie and it's like, oh, I don't mind having on. Like King of the Hill was a show that I don't like. But if it was on, I didn't have a problem with it being on. So if I had to pick between good or bad, I 
I don't know. I guess I had it on, so I'd have to. You would have the, like a, a sideways a th- thumb. I would have like the thumbs up. So I mean, you know what? The problem with that is people don't. People are sheep and they're idiots anyway. No, so, yeah, exactly. So I don't go by people's thoughts, but I think the one through five is a more accurate reading, assuming people do it the right way, which I don't assume people do that. Exactly, and that's kind of the problem: is the thumb up, thumb down. It also comes with a couple of upgrades in that it'll it'll it's supposed to at least offer you more movies and TV shows that are something that you would like. So I think that's supposed to improve their algorithms and their suggestions and all that stuff. So at least if that comes along with the thumbs up and the thumbs down, maybe it'll still even suggest something for you that's a thumbs down that you might like yourself. And so that's what I'm looking forward to at least. So Netflix, I mean, I've really been so out of watching stuff on Netflix anyways. I'm just waiting for a couple shows to return. It's just there's too many options. I feel like when I first got... Uh, basic or not basic cable, digital cable or satellite dish. It's like you went from having 20 channels on your old school cable thing to all of a sudden having 500 channels and you didn't know which one to pick because you had too many choices. Yeah, I remember when it was like when On Demand first came out, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I was able to watch Sopranos during a shoulder surgery, binge watch the whole thing. And it was fucking incredible. And I've often thought I need to go back and rewatch that because I'm older and I would probably understand a lot more things. I did that, and it's the only show I've ever rewatched beginning to end as an adult compared to being younger. It's even better the second time around. There's so many different fucking television options. It's like, okay, I want to watch this. Then I get sidetracked and I start doing that, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to get back. I mean, I still haven't even finished House of Cards. I've got like two episodes left, and I fucking love the show. Yeah. I absolutely fucking love right. it. But I, I, I'm just... I'm old, I guess. There's too many television options. When that that happens to me, it generally feels like uh, once I get back to that other show, I've almost, I've lost interest in it. And that's kind of shitty. I feel like I need, like TV for me has almost even become a chore. I feel like I need to make a list. Exactly. I need to like, okay, you know what? Even though I'm in the mood for a comedy right now, I need to finish House of Cards just so I can scratch it off the list and be like, I have closure. But even with all these shows... I'm still, I'm, I'd have to go back and watch an episode or two because the show kind of loses its essence yeah. when you're not picking on the subtleties, something that, you know, Claire did three right. episodes, you, you lost it. And I'm like, I'm like, I want to check out this Tom Hardy show. And I'm like, I'm lusting after that and I'm not completing anything else. Right. And it's just, it's, it feels like homework basically. Cause you're, you're forcing yourself to just pack in all this stuff. And it, what's funny is I used to make fun of these people would go home and watch their appointment viewing and binge stuff. I'm like, fucking, what kind of life is that? Go out and enjoy yourself. And I have become one of those assholes who just sits there and watches six hours straight of a, a television show or three straight movies and just does nothing else. And I, it, it's, it's hypocritical of me to say that. I feel like TV's slipping away from me. Like, the further yeah. and further I get behind shows where I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to give up. And I don't want to be that person that's out of the loop. I know that I'm finicky and I like what I like. But I'd love to be able to be like, yeah, I, I I watch the show or I know what the fuck's going on as opposed to, I don't know how to use my TV. There's too many streaming services. I've watched nothing. And then you have a lot of overlap, but then there's exclusives. Amazon has its exclusives. Netflix has its exclusives. Hulu has its own shit. And so it's like, do I just subscribe to all of these and they all have 800 options and I have to sift through all this stuff and pick stuff and add them to lists and then get done with all those lists. It's just, ah, uh, it's it's too much. Yeah, and then, like, you know, you grow up and real life gets in the fucking way. You know, unless yeah. you're like, you know, I'm going to wake up extra early or stay up late to watch TV so I can fuck up my next day. Yeah. It's uh, frustrating because I know there's awesome content out there and I want to consume it, 
I just don't know how to, or <laughs> I, I, I'm, this is my plight. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, it, it's a blessing and a curse at, at the same token on the flip side, it, it's on demand viewing. If you have something in mind and you know, it's on one of those three things, you search for it, you watch it, boom, you don't have to go to a red box. There's no blockbuster anymore. You don't have to worry about finding it on on demand. It's right there in front of you. I do love traveling where you'll still see like the occasional family dollar. Yes. <laughs> like, I didn't even know it's these the only, existed. Yeah, it's the only thing that exists. It's a little like mom and pop run shop, but it has multiple locations and now it's a big thing. You speak about appointment viewing and that is true. The one thing that I still watch with consistency is sporting events. And there's a lot of rumors been going around and I think it's about to happen the Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor boxing match. Nice. And that's supposed to happen at 145? Yeah, like weight class somewhere between 145 and 150. So Conor's going to be the much bigger man. But recently, uh, this past weekend, Triple G, Gennady Glofkin, was fighting in Madison Square Garden. And there was an Irish boxer making his professional debut that he got way more pub than he would have ever had because of the Irish connection with Conor McGregor. He was there. Dan Raphael, who is the ESPN writer for boxing, so he's probably the most famous boxing writer, was there. And Conor McGregor came up and asked him, are you the boxing guy? To which Dan said, yes, I'm the boxing guy. And Conor went on a, f- a perfectly timed, like, 40-second tirade and said, no, I'm the fucking boxing guy. I'm fucking boxing. Look at me. Look at me. A 28-year-old cocky motherfucker. Confident. (laughs) Not cocky. Confident motherfucker with power in both of his hands. And he came on and said, the boxing world has no idea what's fucking coming. That, you know, he thinks this fight's going to be made. And Dana White, who is the president of the UFC, said, this is never going to happen. I have a better chance of being the backup quarterback for the Patriots. (laughs) Conceded on Conan the other night that this fight, there's so much money for it not to be made. And obviously he is going to get a slice of that as well. UFC is anyways for allowing their fighter to do this fight, right? Yeah, and I think the the, the thing that people fail to not realize is he's not expected to win. Nobody expects him to win. He's going to be huge payday. And what's he going to say? I went, me, I don't even fucking box. And I took on the greatest boxer of all time. Made millions of dollars. And guess what? I'm still the fucking lightweight champion of the U- U- the UFC. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's it's a it's win-win for everybody. Floyd Mayweather can get his 50th win because he's tied right now with Rocky Marciano is 49-0. And in, in boxing and, like, baseball, especially, are sports where records are very important. Absolutely. And so why not come out of retirement, make hundreds of millions of dollars, and I don't think the, empl- the, the retirement was real. I think he was going to no. break that record, you know. Just a tactic to make money because against Pacquiao – $600 million on that fight. Worldwide. $600 million. I flew to Vegas and paid $300 a ticket to watch that in a strip club at the Hustler Club. You know all of Europe is going to be tuning into this, buying it on pay-per-view. A lot of North America is. You're go- you're probably going to break that record with Pacquiao of, of $600 million. I would attempt to go to Vegas in September. If it happens in June, there was a June 10th date floated about there's a big uh, thing going on in your life yeah, June yeah. 10th. little kaya is going to be making an appearance so i'm going to have you know poopy diapers to deal with yeah. but september you know around my birthday i wouldn't mind making an appearance in vegas to see that or attempt to because vegas during fight week is incredible i, I bet it's like shoulder to shoulder fucking foot traffic in vegas on fight week yeah and you know what what's fascinating about this is you know i, I read an article and they talked about in the history of time different athletes have always been compared like who is better 
So would it be like, you know, like in the 70s and 80s, it was like Bruce Lee versus Mike Tyson. Who would actually win in a fight? You've got one guy who you've got the people who believe a master of one craft, right? The right. boxer. That's all. He's a pugilist. He's trained his hands forever. And then you go, well, a mixed martial artist or one of these people. They're not really a master of anything. They do multiple skills. They're good at a few things, not necessarily great at any one single thing. And so I think that this fight appeals to the common man. And just, you know, Connor is a great trash talker. And Floyd, even though when he's not beating women and raping people, like, you know, allegedly, he's a... No, Floyd Mayweather, everything else aside, is one of the greatest boxers ever. But even me, I can dilute myself into, like, Floyd should win this. Should, being the operative You know, 999 times out of 1,000, he should win this. But I can dilute myself into like, well, Floyd struggles with big guys. Connor's huge compared to him. Floyd struggles with southpaws. Connor's a southpaw. He is 40. He's on the wrong side of time. You know, Connor's 28. You know, and, and you know, he's got knockout power. If you're 40 and a defensive boxer, which is what Floyd is, that usually doesn't uh, it doesn't hinder you much because it's sometimes you even get better right around that age of defending yourself like Bernard Hopkins did. But at the same time, I recall the last couple times I saw Floyd box, he would leave himself exposed in certain areas and get get tagged pretty good. Uh, and you got to wonder how much he's slown up since his last fight. And we know how fast of a fighter Floyd or uh, I'm sorry Conor McGregor is. And how is he going to take advantage of that speed that he has in his favor? There is one thing that when it comes in boxing, it only takes one hit. Yeah. It only takes one hit. I can't tell you how many fights over this past weekend where fighters were winning, going into the third round, they got touched one time, and that's it. Go to sleep. Yeah. It only takes one. So you can dilute yourself into what group of guys is not going to get together on a Saturday night to be like the best boxer of all time against the greatest, you know, whether you believe it or not, he's the best fighter. He's by far the most marketable. At least currently. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's going to be pretty exciting. I actually hope it happens. I like the, the freak show fights, the big money fights, you know, grabs your attention. It's exciting. And, uh, the trash talking going up to it will be fucking. It's fantasy booking at its finest, because like you mentioned with the Muhammad Ali, or I'm sorry, the Bruce Lee and the Mike Tyson thing, it's fantasy booking. You People have always wanted to see fights like this, and now it's finally happening. I just know that it's possibly six months away and anything can happen, oh, yeah. and I just hope nobody you know withdraws their offer from the table. And it was interesting because with this, there was a story that Vince McMahon around the early 2000s, he had, he had he was losing the rock to Hollywood. Stone Cold was, you know, he didn't have another star. He didn't have another star. And so he was big into Brock Lesnar. He was investing in him huge. And he had reached out to the Nevada State Athletic Commission. He wanted to do a fight, Brock Lesnar versus Lennox Lewis, with an undercard of Kurt Angle versus... Another I, boxer? I, another boxer. But he wanted this... He knew with his name attached to it, it wouldn't be found to be legitimate. And he wanted to know what he could do to make this a legitimate fight. So it wouldn't have been a boxing match, but it wouldn't necessarily be MMA as you and I know it. Yeah, like some sort of hybrid mixed martial arts. And so they started talking in this, I don't know how close it came to happening, but Lennox Lewis suddenly started like, you know, anything that could, he wanted takedowns to only be from the shoulders up or like something weird that would like negate all of Brock's strengths and the thing fell apart. Yeah, of course. Lennox, Lennox Lewis was always interesting to me because 
great fighter in his day, but I feel like he always whined and complained about stuff, win or lose, about something the ref did, something his opponent did, and it wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past him to make all these rules up to try to get the leverage in something like that, because he obviously had his reputation to bank on that fight as well. Well, if you know anything about like sports, last thing you want to do, if you have no wrestling pedigree and you're going against a wrestler, <laughs> if you don't punch that man in the face and knock him out right away, you're going to get taken down and laid on suplex city bitch yeah exactly suplex city you'll get laid on and you'll get rolled on it'll be a game over yeah suplex city i thought my my heavenston wildcats are gonna get suplexed out of the tournament yesterday first time ever making the tournament they get by and win their first game against vanderbilt which is the northwestern of tennessee yeah, and then they were playing Gonzaga yesterday, and they were down twenty-two pretty quick. And I'm like, uh, "This is not gonna, this is not gonna be good." And they kept showing the kid crying in the in the in the <laughs> in the stands. And then they made it, you know, what should have been a one possession game. There was a brutal call that the referees mixed where the guy was goaltending. He's like, "I'm just gonna put my arm through the basket and bat <laughs> yes, shit away." Yes. Uh, Collins got himself a, uh, a double a technical, two free throws, yeah. and. Uh, you know, but big ups, they're going to be returning all those kids next year. I did not do a bracket because the the new bracket has turned into fantasy football for me. I don't give a fuck about people's brackets. Just tell me your final four and let's keep it moving. I'll tell you my final four because my championship pick is already fucked. I had Villanova. They lost yesterday against Wisconsin of all teams because all of a sudden Villanova, the best free throw shooting team in the country, couldn't hit free throws towards the end of the game. It's the third number one seed that the Badgers have knocked off yeah. in recent tournament history. It's crazy. And I had Villanova in my bracket going up against Arizona in the final four. And on the other side, I had Kentucky and my sleeper pick of the Michigan Wolverines who beat Louisville yesterday, today? Today, this morning. Today, right this before, morning. Right before we went on the air. There you go. Advancing to the Sweet 16. So I'm still kind of alive in my work pool, which is just kind of for fun. We didn't do it for money or anything like that. Um, but I'm still alive because I still have three quarters of my my final four left. I had a little parlay. I've got a, a couple of offshore accounts that I gamble with, and I've found great success. And I've talked about this in the past, just sticking to like you only gamble one to five percent of your bankroll, and so that number fluctuates depending on if you make more money, your bets increase, but if you lose money, your bets decrease. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, let's just say ten percent of two hundred, you're betting twenty dollars a game. Right, but then you get up to you've got four hundred dollars your bankroll. You're betting forty dollars. Well, I've got these. Um, you get hit up all the time by handicappers. All oh, these are my lock of the year. Pick this, pick this, <laughs> and they're so, always bullshit. And I didn't watch any college basketball like enough to like scout it and make an informed decision. So I had one guy who was hell bent sending me picks, and I, I, you know, I always monitor their picks to see how good they are. And this guy was pretty spot on. So he he's like sent me like a three team three teamer. My, my lock of the week, you know, watch this. If you play tonight, then you call me tomorrow and you're going to want to buy the rest of my picks. Is so, it like a parlay? You had to play all three well, of them? Well, you didn't have to, but he gave okay. me three plays. So I'm like, you know what? This guy's been on. I'll do the three-team parlay. Like a, just a little $200 parlay. <laughs> Fucking all three games lost. Oh, man. <laughs> all three. Holy I played them. I played them all three straight up and then I parlayed them and all of them lost. That's awful. Yeah, you Not know that too. I, I didn't play with any kind of like real money, but you know, nonetheless, yeah. I'm like that's enough tournament action for me. I mean, I like gambling and whatever, but I'm not, I can't watch the game, so there's no fun. Yeah, now playing for playing for pride with these brackets, good enough for me. We should do a bracket, you know, like how they did the tournament of bad. Oh, like our own customized yeah. bracket. 
Yeah, we should get on that for next year. Like associate producer with the one seed, Courtney, take it on the fucking millennial producer, Cody's 16th seed. <laughs> Either way, they're losing to URI in the finals. Yeah, obviously. It's, right. it's fixed. It's like the WWE of brackets. <laughs> the fapping four. Me and John playing with butt plugs in the bathroom. <laughs> This is episode 46 of Panoptic Tray. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Panoptic Tray. I am John Jenza. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Jenza. And I'm the big sex kit young bucker. You can follow me on the gram and Twitter at Jeremy Reckline. Uh, millennial producer, Cody Murray, CO Murray 87. Courtney's out there doing the damn thing, getting kicked in the fucking uterus by Kaya. My girl. Uh, I guess until next time, fuckheads. Fuckheads.